Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Reformed Meditations. I'm Lee, and I'm coming to you with a little bit different of an episode today, an episode that you might call a Festivus Miracle. Now, you may ask the question, what in the world is Festivus? And if you are one of the unfortunate few that have never seen the Seinfeld episode of the new holiday of Festivus, I am sorry. First of all, uh, primarily, I'm sorry that you have not seen it, and I'm going to give you an insufficient but um, interesting explanation of what this is and why in the world I'm talking about it. Festivus is a made-up holiday from the sitcom Seinfeld, and the tagline to go with it is, A Festivus for the Rest of Us. So what are the hallmarks of this holiday? Well, one of the hallmarks is, is what I'm tying into here. There are feats of strength, there is a festivist pole, which would be similar to a Christmas tree, but not. It's just there. And the third piece, and arguably I think the most interesting part, is the airing of grievances. Well, it is this airing of grievances that I want to bring to you today, and I'm hopefully going to sprinkle a few of these episodes around based on uh, different topics that uh, either appear or have appeared in the past and drive me a little bit nuts. So from the episode, uh, George Costanza's father uh, says uh, about the airing of grievances, I got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about it. So uh, I'm going to bring a problem that I have, and you're going to hear about it. And this is a recent problem. This is a social media problem from none other than Bethel Redding. Uh, there was a photo being passed around social media a couple weeks ago, before Thanksgiving, and um, it had a quote that just drove me nuts. Uh, it's from Bill Johnson, of course, the um, NAR um, radical, uh, heretical leader of Bethel Redding in California. And it's it's got a you know a, a pretty natural uh, picture scene behind it. Uh, it's something straight out of nature. It's lovely. Uh, And there's just a horrible quote. It says, There's a point in your prayer life when you stop asking and you start decreeing. And I saw that and a a thousand things entered my mind. And uh, I didn't say any of them. I waited till I was a little cooled off uh, and uh, started to put together some notes for this episode. Because I saw it so often on Twitter, I thought it warranted uh, saying something about it. It's a it's an absolute profound misunderstanding of both prayer and decree. Now, this decree and declare business has been around in the kind of the name it and claim it prosperity gospel world for a long time. But Bill Johnson and the Bethel crew have sort of um, turned it up to 11, to quote, this is Spinal Tap. It's just all the way up, um, and they've really put it out front. Uh, they're, they're not even praying anymore. They're basically giving orders to God. Uh, and and this is just one, a nice way, I should say this, it's a nice way of putting what they truly believe in, and which is a really dangerous and unbiblical thing. Now, why do I say unbiblical? You know, because there are going to be people who say, well, this is a well-known pastor of a well-known church. You know, our church sings their songs, though, they might say. Um, we've read a couple of their books, and they we find them very encouraging. Why, why would you 
say there's something wrong here. Well, something can be encouraging and not only incorrect, but wrong at the same time. Uh, you can encourage people with really unbiblical and, and God-dishonoring ideas. And I'm truly not trying to be hyperbolic here and, and be all doom and gloom, but this is truly dishonoring to God. Well, so, so let me let me say why. First of all, biblically, there's no warrant at all for Christians to be decreeing things as opposed to asking. Every instruction that we see, both in the New Testament and in the Old Testament, about asking for things or or searching for assistance or inspiration or forgiveness of God come in a petition, not a decree. Some may try to play a semantics game here, but decree and petition are two totally opposite things. Decrees are given by someone who has the power to say, I want this thing to be done, and then it's done. Things are moved around and the thing happens. Well, there's no place in Scripture not only to instruct us to decree things, but there's not even a description of a follower of God decreeing things and them happening. There is only petition from God and statements of faith in God to do what he pleases. So talking about petition here, which I'm arguing is the basis for our prayer life, since this quote's about prayer, the best place to go to for this is the Lord's Prayer, or also called the Model Prayer. Uh, and I have the Matthew 5 version here. Obviously, there's there's two editions of it, one in Matthew, one in Luke. Um, the Matthew one, I'm just going to read it here. Uh, Jesus instructs, pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So some people have tried to twist that to say, oh, we're instructing God to do these things. No, these aren't instructions to God at all. These are petitions. It's just one way of wording such a petition. It's may may your kingdom come. May your will be done. We're not telling God to do it. We're telling God we desire it. And we're asking him to glorify his name in all these things. To, to glorify your name by your will being done, by your kingdom coming, which is all in his power to do, to glorify himself in giving us our daily bread, glorify himself in forgiving us our debts, and glorify himself in leading us away from temptation. So these are all things that are being asked for, not decreed. God is sovereign over what comes to pass, not us. As it says in James, every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes from God. Our gifts don't come from us ordering from God. God's not a gift takeout service where, oh, God, deliver this to me, and then it comes. It's not like that at all. 
Now, the worst part of this isn't necessarily that it misunderstands prayer, which is a mistake that is easy to make, right? Prayer is a hard spiritual practice. It's difficult, and a lot of Christians struggle with it. So I can understand that somebody at some point may have difficulty and may describe prayer in in an unbiblical way simply because it's difficult. But the worst part of this quote is really that Bill Johnson is taking a power that only God possesses and giving it to people, making people God. Uh, and, And other people have commented at other times about how Bill Johnson teaches a a little God's theology, where basically he teaches that Christians have God's power. And that's why this decree and declare language, um, the word of faith language, this little God's idea informs that, gives you the power because God spoke the world into existence that makes your words, if you're a Christian, as powerful as God. Well, no, that's not true at all. Again, there's no biblical basis for that. And this power of decree is something that only belongs to Yahweh, and he's never given it to anyone else. He's never given it to a man ever. What he has given us, and and this is so much better than some idea of decreeing and declaring that things come our way, he's given us his son. And this idea of decreeing rather than asking totally undercuts the work of Jesus on behalf of Christians. So let's let's talk about this decree aspect first. Psalm 2 is one of the clearest places I can think of to talk about God's decretive power, his power of decree. And there's one particular verse that uses that word in Psalm 2, but I'm going to read the whole thing because this is such a great psalm. Why are the nations in an uproar, and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. And he said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence, and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. So that whole second half of that psalm, from verse 8 onward through verse 12, is completely dependent on this decree of Yahweh. And what is this decree of? I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, this is the Messianic son, You are my son, today I have begotten you. So this decree to name, to publicly name this son of God, who we may call the son of man, arcing back to the Theophany episode from Daniel, this divine Messiah, the son of God and son of man, 
the, his sovereign reign is guaranteed by this decree. This is the kind of power that Bill Johnson wants to ascribe to human people, to sinful human people. Even to people who are redeemed, right? Who have believed in Jesus Christ and have had their sins forgiven and look forward to spending an eternity with the God who created and saved them. Okay, that that's a glorious thing ahead for the Christian. But the life of the Christian does not guarantee that you have the same power that God has. We are still little. We are still finite. We do still deal with effects of the fall, even having been given the righteousness of Christ. Just like Abraham, those of us who have believed, it has been credited to us as righteousness by faith, by faith alone. That doesn't come with a set of divine powers. And that's that's why this decreeing language I find to be so dangerous. Because this is a word used only of God when it comes to the spiritual things that Bill Johnson wants to talk about. Now, you could do a word study throughout Scripture and find the word decree used in multiple places. And sometimes, in fact, fairly often, it is a word used of human kings, for instance, in the Old Testament. But those men were decreeing things that were within their power to decree, things like taxation, or taking a census, or going to war. These are things that are proper to a human authority to decree. They're not things of a spiritual nature, such as calling down your own blessings with some sort of power to decree that you have. From this quote, since we're talking about decree, there's a sense to this that decreeing is a natural progression in the prayer life of a Christian as they mature. I'll I'll read it again. There's a point in your prayer life when you stop asking and you start decreeing. I would challenge anybody to talk to a serious Christian, a, a faithful Christian who lives biblically and actually follows the Bible as the rule of faith for the Christian life, as it should be, who would agree with this. The people I know who have been praying the longest and have been living faithfully and humbly before God would tell me that the longer that they've been at this life, that they've been in the process of sanctification in their Christian life, they ask more than they used to. (laughs) Like They understand how little power they have because the life of sanctification shows us how truly weak and needy we are. We're not gaining God's power. In fact, God's power at work in us shows us our weakness, and that's a good thing. I can't imagine Bill Johnson saying and agreeing with these words from Paul in 2 Corinthians 12.10, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This quote seems to say that I actually should be strong enough to act like God myself, to to have the same power that God has, to have the same decretive authority that he has to meet my own needs. 
it's as if maturing in the Christian life is a mission to be less reliant on God. That's the opposite of the Christian life. Self-reliance and doing your own thing, doing what's right in your own eyes, is the picture of unredeemed life, of, of unregenerate living. How many times do we hear in the culture today that we're going to, it's time to manifest, people. It's time to, if you've got this problem in your life, then you need to manifest what you want to exist. It's a postmodern witchcraft idea. Honestly, if you see the people that are talking that way online, they're either in the Bethel Redding crowd or they're crystal using supposedly spell-casting, quote-unquote, Wiccans or New Age or whatever the new cool labels are that I'm not even aware of, probably. It's this old idea of self-reliance with a, a sort of spiritual packaging. This capitulates to that very idea. And people have studied these kind of Christian movements and some people have drawn comparisons uh, and maybe even seen some influence from New Age or even occultic or proto-occultic practices being adopted by the church. Now, I'm not saying that that's happening here. I haven't done enough research to say that one way or another. But the similarity is what's frightening to me. But to get back to the point and to sort of bring it back down again, to decree what you wish is to bypass the heart of prayer. And what is the heart of prayer? I would say, these are just my words, I haven't gotten this from anybody, but I would describe prayer as reliance on God to provide our needs and to glorify himself in delivering them or not delivering them. God is not a vending machine and getting everything that we want may not be the best thing for us. And there's a little bit of that background to this quote, that if there's something you want, then you just go ahead and decree and, and get it. You have the power, supposedly. But again, that's not at the heart of prayer because we learn so much in bringing our petitions to God, not only having the desire for seeing a loved one healed, uh, for... Um, help in our work, whether it's finding a job or having difficulty at our job, praying for our families, for the salvation of loved ones, or for our children, our spouses, whatever. Um, there's many good things that we can pray for, but we ask God for them because we know that he loves to give good gifts to his children. And if we think that we have the power to give ourselves our own good gifts, we dishonor him. Because God does not share his power with anyone else. He is God alone. He is the only sovereign. We should find comfort in that, and we should trust him to answer the prayers with yes that glorify him the most. And if he were to answer with a no, that he would be glorified the most. And that no matter what we receive from God, we should be grateful. Because we have received so many glorious gifts from him, that if we just took a little time and meditated 
in our in our own on our own life, our own experiences enlisted, truly counted our blessings, or at least tried to, we would find that we have so many remarkable treasures that if we're honest, we didn't even ask for, that we wouldn't even have had the presence of mind to petition God for. That's how gracious God is. So why would I waste my time pretending that I have the power to answer my own prayers, to decree my own gifts and my own resolutions, my own outcomes, when God has been so gloriously gracious to me in giving me all that I needed, even things I haven't even asked for? Why would I give that up to try to become my own little God? It truly does not make sense. I'm grateful to see this quote so broadly out there because I think it's given us an opportunity to react to this bad idea that's passed around. And not only by Bethel, I know they take a lot of heat, but there are lots of strange churches that believe some flavor of this. Uh, I'm grateful that we've had the opportunity to have a conversation about it online, in person, perhaps even over the Thanksgiving dinner table, who knows? Um, those are good things. Getting theology in public is really important. That's partially why I even do this, this podcast. So, um, so I appreciate your time in listening. And I hope that, uh, thinking just for a short bit about this subject behind this social media post has been beneficial to you. And as usual, I'm always happy to hear some feedback you can reach me on Twitter at Ref Meditations. That's at R E F Meditations. You can also email me directly at reformedmeditations at gmail.com. There is now a page on Facebook that you can go and like, and uh, there will be some posts there from time to time. Uh, and also, you should go into the show notes where you can find the photo of the post in question uh, that I've been discussing today, as well as my contact links. A website for the Bar Network, because Reform Meditations is proudly a Bar Network podcast. You should check out their site and find all of the gospel-centered podcasts that we have to offer. Uh, there's quite a slate, and it's ever-increasing. It's a wonderful uh, set of podcasts uh, that I'm so proud to be one of, and uh, I really do commend them to you. And then also, you need to also check out the link for some great Christian memes with the exile house of meme lords. One page within that group of meme lords is Shepherd's Cast, which you absolutely should check out, not only for the memes, but also for some really insightful blog posts uh, that are posted there. Uh, he does a great job, and uh, I really do recommend uh, a like, not only on Shepherd's Cast's Facebook page, but honestly, all of the meme pages that are assembled under the Meme Lords banner. So, highly recommended. That's a great group of friends, and uh, I think you should check them out. All right, well, again, thank you for listening to this episode. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.